Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 53 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. On this beautiful Tuesday morning, Andrew McGahan joined as always by Sean Sheehan. Sean, first things first, winter's gone. Okay, can we just say I'm probably going to wear shorts today. There's a grand stretch in the evenings. I only, I oh only my god! No, no, no! I'm raging. You got to bring that up before me, okay? Set the scene, right? Yeah. Man about the town yesterday, doing my messages. Headed up to the marshes. Got some stuff out of the uh, out of Dunn stores. Coming back out, I looked at the sky and I thought, wait a minute, it's like twenty past five. Because I was collecting my friend at half five from work from Paddy Power, and I was like. It's really bright. Mm. I was like, I, I am going to take a picture of this and tweet it and say, there's a grand stretch in the evenings now. And my phone was dead. I beat you to it. It's mine. I took it. Twitter. I'm the first one to say it this year. The world missed out on a tweet that would have got at most four favourites. Four favourites. And yeah. a, at least a nice picture of an evening sky. At a stretch. Who, who's the four people now that would have favoured it? I don't know, but it, like generally, like sunsets would get you something. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose they're good on Twitter as well. People, people pat- love them. Oh yeah, yeah. Dublin's pat- looking pat- great pat- this pat- evening. Pat- I hate those. Pat- Dublin looks pat- un. Pat- Dublin, you're looking well. Yeah, you put ones up like that as well. What? You have, you definitely. Have. Oh yeah, yeah. No, of course I have. Um, <laughs> you know that's the, now look and that as if that wasn't. I was having a great day yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Stretching the evenings. We had jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. It was all sorts of mad submissions being, being pulled off. Scam Com- jiu-jitsu. Competing this, uh, this Sunday in the Northern Irish Open. Moving up a weight category, under 76. Why Same not? Why not? Do the sage. Although yeah. that didn't work out too well for him. We'll talk about that <laughs> later on. Um, I won't be tapping from half guard. Um, so then, that's fair enough. Get home. What are we going to do? I just my I my car was uh, having troubles recently. Got it fixed. My mate said, "Oh, I can't wait till we go up to Newry next time because we go to a deli lights up in Newry. It's very very nice." But my car couldn't go past like sixty or seventy kilometers there for a while because there was something wrong with the airflow to the engine. So we got it back anyway. We we're able to reach the capable speeds of a hundred to one hundred and twenty kilometers. Now we decided, should we go down to McDonald's? Okay, McDonald's in Newry is twenty four hour. Why not? You know yourself, casual mm-hmm. Monday night, what are we at? Yeah. Nothing, we'll just head down. So that was it, we drove down, that was fine, we got our food in the drive through didn't move forward to the parking bay to annoy the other drivers, mainly because the woman didn't, uh, didn't tell me to move forward. Uh, there was a little bit of a delay with the order, uh, my friend's a diabetic, he asked for a Diet Coke, it wasn't a Diet Coke, we had to get a regular Coke. So How did you know it wasn't Diet Coke? Because uh, they pushed down the little button on the Coke cups oh, yeah. to say if it's a diet. What did you get at McDonald's anyway? What did you get? I eat? only got a large, uh, large fry and a large Coke because uh, I had oh. food earlier on. So I just wanted a wee snack, you know, for, for the drive. I was so, actually at McDonald's myself last night. What did you I get? Got, like, I got a burger, but I got one of those. Uh, cu- oh, no, I actually didn't. I got an apple pie. Or no, I was wanting to get a custard and it's like custard and something else pie. They look nice, but they didn't have any. They only had apple. But the apple pie was nice as well. So all's, all's well that ends well. Until. All of these minor incidents obviously totaled up in my head. So we drive out, delighted with ourselves, having kept the other drivers waiting. 
Food here, ready for a nice trip back to Dundalk. We'll be home by 20 past 12, not a bother, into bed by half 12. Perfect. Instead, as we're leaving the car park, there's a roundabout. But it's one of the roundabouts that are a flat roundabout, you know, there's no surface on it at all. Oh, yeah. so when you're coming out of an industrial, like, like Curry's B&Q, an industrial park, yeah. a retail park. Drive, drive straight over it. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I did. As I did that, a jeep was coming in, an unmarked jeep. I paid no attention to it. My mate said, four lads in that car after staring you out of it. Another one in behind them, and then one of them ended up turning and following us. So it was obviously the 5 yeah? Oh. The pigs off the collector bacon, away from McDonald's, taxpayers' money. You know yourself, Sean. Well, not our taxpayers' Well, yeah, not our taxpayers' money, the North. <laughs> Just want to be uh, point this out. Angarda Shiakana, sound lads. Sound lads. Right? Great lads. Andy Andrade listens to the Severe MMA podcast, rang the guards one day. Is that uh, Andrew from Severe MMA? Yes, it certainly is. What a legend. So, we go on up the road to Nuri, back to the motorway. This yeah. wouldn't happen in the, with, with those boys, Sean. That's just what I'm clarifying, yeah. right? They're not as... Uh, <clears throat> They're not as... Much pricks, bigger pricks. Prejudiced. Yeah. Prejudiced mm. to pull over a car from a foreign country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Northern cars fly around on dock all the time. It's no issue. However, the boys in blue took an exception to the Nissan Almera. Dublin mm. Reg, by the way. That was your first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so we get up the road to pull us in, all of this stuff. Now, admittedly, a little bit of this is my fault. Um, <laughs> My car, I don't have a driving license at the minute because my, when my car was broken into. So I still have the letter from the guards. They told me to carry that around with me. It'll be okay. Yeah. So the letter from the guards is in the car saying that my license was stolen out of the car. It was, a reported, it was reported with them and it's on their pulse system. Now, I said, well, lad, have you got ID? And I was like, uh, no, sorry. I, I just straight away said, look, I don't have my driving license. I am fully, I'm fully dry, like full license. It's uh, given the name, and then I said, I have the pulse number and stuff here. And he's like, what's that? Is it a southern thing or something? And I was just like, uh, that set the tone, right? I knew from here on, Sean, we were in for a battle. Now, normally if you're being pulled over, that's fine. There's no need to park a Land Cruiser sideways to block a car with the lights on on the side of a fucking dual carriageway. You're already blocking up a lane of traffic as it is just so people can see you. I don't know, ego deficiency or something. There mustn't have been enough kids, like, I don't know, throwing stones at windows in Yuri last night, so they had to do something extra. Come on, get on with it. Come no, on. no, no, you shut up. So, <laughs> took the details of me and everybody in the car. Yeah, fair enough. Which yeah. then turned into, well, we have to search you under the Security Act. So, I yeah. don't know my northern law. From when I went home, though, and Googled it, complete bullshit. Uh, it's, it's, it's coupled with the Terrorism Act, I believe. Which they can just be like, oh, we suspect, like, Intel suggests that you're a threat, so we can search you. That's all they have to be able to say. Um, completely ripped the car apart, looking for whatever. Found nothing, because there was nothing. Uh, searched all of us. Um, kept us there for 15 minutes, pretty much, while they just checked everything with the guards in the south to make sure that, yes, we were real human beings from where we were from. And then let us go. Now... If I couldn't think of a... And it was absolutely Baltic last night and we were standing on the side of the motorway pretty much. Now, what is going on there? Also, the best part of it, Sean, the sectarian yeah. undertones in his voice. Mm. Is there no... Amazing. Lads, is there no McDonald's in Dundalk you could have went to? None that are open 24 hours. 
Are McDonald's not all open 24 hours? No. I'm pretty sure they are. He said uh, that? Yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, they're not, though. They're not at all. So what are you, that boy's like absolute, absolute scandalous and broke my glove box. Did he? Yeah. When like, so first of all, you're allowed to search us, but you, you can't let, I don't believe you can let them search your car. So then your man opened the glove box and the way that he opened it, he pulled it forward instead of pulling it down and it came completely out, like fell off. And I said, here, there's absolutely no need for that. You're wrecking my car. And he's like, oh no, it's grand. It goes back in. And he starts like moving it around, like pushing it in and. (laughs) Then it, it fixed, like, do you know what I mean? I haven't opened it yeah, since because it'll fall away. I'm going to build them. How do I do that? No idea. Well, it's going to happen. Now, in better news, slightly better news. You're like the hurricane. You, you could have ended up like Stephen Avery. What? Yeah, making a murder. Yeah. <laughs> there we he go. could have framed you. Look, that could have been Andrew Colburn. And all I'm saying is, Sean, maybe I'm on file. Within a month of being pulled the last time, you know, being told cabinet. you're a long way from Dundalk just for a gym. Yeah. And I go, oh, this battle will continue, lads. How far uh, are you from, Nuri? 20 minutes. Like, Dundalk, like, they're acting like I'm, like, technically I am entering another country, but I'm not entering another country. Do you know I've that sort of I've never been thing? in like, an art. Really? No, I never, no. So I, was, I was just, I was, I was annoyed at that now, I have to admit. So me and the PSNI aren't on great terms. I know a lot of guards, a few guards train with me, sound lads. Um, they're always in work as well, so the guards wouldn't be at that to you. Guards are sound. Anyway, in slightly better news, Severe MMA has something good to tell you about. Sean, yes. we've finally done it. After <laughs> 53 weeks of begging, we'd like to welcome on board a sponsor. Yeah, should I, should I do it in like an official sponsor blurb? Will I do it? Yeah, go for it. Sphere of May podcast is bought, brought, I can't even do that, I can't even say brought. Bought, brought no, bought you. is the right word. By <laughs> BeanieBasher.com. We're told it's a fun, addictive hand-eye coordination tool made for martial artists to improve their striking for the affordable price of just £10. BeanieBasher.com. I'm hoping for a free one so I can test it out. Me too. I want to go over it as well. And we'll take videos of it. We'll put it on the Severe Twitter, you know. I obviously will have the best. I've got phenomenal hand-eye coordination, as you can... No. No, that was the... (laughs) Get it? Yeah, I get it. But, yeah, they have a couple of videos up, and I believe they're putting up a couple of new videos soon, or maybe I already have them up, so check that out. B-E-A-N-I-E-B-A-S-H-E-R.com. B-E-A-N-I-E-B-A-S-H-E-R.com. Word. So there we oh. go. We're pretty much Joe Rogan there. Ten minutes into the podcast, I had my tribulations with the law. We had a sponsor. You know, it's pretty much a Joe Rogan podcast. Well, no, I think we're more fighter than the kids. Let me tell you about how to make a great website. Squarespace.com Joe Rogan fairly did uh, expand, though, when you think about it. He used, to, like, he used to be sponsored by Fleshlights. Yeah, they're probably paying him good money, though. I'd say the word. if you want to sponsor us. Like, Fleshlight's perfect demographic, like, do you know what I mean? Like, an MMA podcast, like. (laughs) Wankers. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not so much like that. Just males, like. No, there's just a lot of wankers listening to us. That's that's basically what you're after saying. No, 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 not at all. No, you're dead right. No, I'm dead right. (laughs) Okay, right, fair (laughs) enough. We'll we'll run with that. By the way, congratulations to Fraser. Our man over in Scotland for winning the Six Part Notorious DVD uh, last week. And con- thanks to everyone who... How did he win? What was his review? Jeez, uh, I can't remember. But it was See, a good one anyway, but- why didn't Bam a Lover 69 win? Yeah, should, yeah, that was uh, the best username ever. Like, I really appreciate that username. Like, 
I got Graham to pick it so there wouldn't be any favoritism or anything that he picked it at random. So Fraser won. So fair play to him. Yeah, that ba- no Bama fan sixty nine. That was fucking hilarious. Whoever did that, you're a legend. That Best was- friend of the podcast now, officially for that. Come <laughs> yeah. forward, reveal yourself from your online yeah. online he- hidden name. We could just look him up, but he's he knows who he is anyway. That's fucking hilarious. You know who you are. Anyway, what happened? What's been up? Few fights. Few fights at the weekend. Few fisticuffs. Suppose we might as well get straight into it. Sage Narcot. He comes out, throws a few bombs, lands a few, then starts to miss, then gets taken down, then goes into the second round, gets taken down again, looks like absolute shit, gets submitted from half guard. When you say looks like absolute shit, are you alluding to the fact that he was very, very sick in the fight? I'm not alluding to the fact he was looked very, very sick in the fight. What do you mean, but- looked? He was very, very <laughs> sick. Oh, he was. Oh, he's a, he's a sore throat. Poor, poor Sage. Look. Okay. Sage oh, buckle in, fight. ladies and gentlemen. Buckle in, here comes. Sean Sheehan just, <laughs> just had to okay before he started to speak here. Here comes the heat. Uh, Sage Narcott didn't lose that fight because he had a sore throat. He looked, He lost that fight because he was absolutely terrible. Terrible on the ground. Just awful. Right? And people, you know, people say he he quit or he tapped early in the end. If it had just been the submission and he got in that position and he tapped, I would say, look, fair enough, yeah, look, maybe he did tap early, maybe he panicked or whatever. And I, I think he did panic, but maybe like it was a lack of heart or something. But what came before us made that not applicable in my in my uh, opinion, right? He got taken down. And he just looked so bad. He didn't try to like push off the hips to get out. He didn't try to pop back up. Like he could barely establish a close guard. You know, he didn't. No sort of, you know, he he had no sort of way of getting out of it at all. Um, he, he like he was basically a lame duck on the bottom. Didn't know what he was at. You, you know, at one stage when, when he got taken down very first in the first round. Um, I'm not sure. Does Firas Abi, his father, and another guy in in the corner? I'm not sure who the other guy was, but he the other guy told him to get to get his back against the fence and wall walk, and he couldn't even do that. Like that's one of the most basic things in all of him. Because he was sick. Because he, he was sick. Yeah, he was right next to the fence, and he couldn't get his back against the fence. And like Barbarino wasn't making it that hard for him. He like he wasn't he wasn't pulling him out into the middle of the octagon. He couldn't do that. In, you know, in the second round. He just had no game, like, whatsoever. They showed at one stage, Vincent Henderson cornering Barbarina, and he said, pass, pass his guard. And he, like, passed it so easily. It was like a knife through butter. You know, Sage is, yeah, he looks, I said it, and I, you know, it might be a bit unfair, but he looks like he's never taken a jiu-jitsu class in his life. He he's a purple belt, though. Yeah. Well, you can tell us about that purple belt now in a while. I know you've, you've a few, uh, you've a few thoughts on that. Um, well, he yeah, he looks so terrible. He's just awful on the ground, and the submission itself, you know, you shouldn't be getting tapped to that at this level. It was, you know, it was a, a head and arm throw from the wrong side. It didn't look fully in. Fair enough that his strep throw might have played a, a part, uh, you know, at that stage, because you know his throat was closing up or whatever. But <clears throat> what came before that was more worrying to me. And what is, another thing which was very worrying was in the first round. He was landing a few big shots, but he was overthrowing his shots and like throwing these big wild right hands. And he was catching a few of them, and Barbarina was getting hit with him. But didn't he kind of realize what Sage was doing? He was throwing the same shot every time. 
and he was timing him and hitting Sage. And like the last maybe 90 seconds of the first round, Sage was getting tagged. And you saw his nose was a bit bloody at the end of the round. Barbarina started to tag him. And that was pretty worrying as well. But look... You're the jiu-jitsu expert here. Tell us, what did you think of his performance? I am not Sage Northcutt's biggest fan. Dating back to when you were creaming yourself with glee over his debut on the podcast. Just let me me say, what I said there has nothing against the person himself. I'm talking purely about technique and how the fight went and how he fought. Okay, go on. I am, as I said, I'm not his biggest fan. I've never been his biggest lover. If anything, I've been a critic of him from the start. But I am willing to say that Sage Northcutt that fought at the weekend is not the Sage Northcutt that fought in his previous two fights. Even watching it, like before we heard anything that he was sick or something like that, I was watching that, watching him on the ground thinking, he is fucked. There's something wrong with him here. This isn't like, this isn't the same guy. Fair enough, Cody Pfister probably put a bottle of Jack Daniels through his television on Saturday night watching that fight. Um, thinking he didn't look like, good against Fister either, though. When he got well, him, he was fighting in a smaller cage against Fister, and that was that. He saw it in the fight that it put him off on his—I don't want to say his distant management, but him thinking that he had a lot more steps to go behind him when he got pushed up against the cage by Cody Fister. Now, Hashtag excuses. Whatever it is, a nineteen-year-old guy that is thrown in at such a deep level, maybe not having the most extensive training. Uh, was pulled out of the the TriStar camp leading up to that fight, so maybe Zahabi would have worked with him more about managing distance and cage like cage awareness and different things like that. Aside from that, in the fight at the weekend, Sage North got on his back. He was holding he was holding uh, Brian down almost as if because he was just too tired to do anything. And when you're saying that he he didn't wall walk, I genuinely believe he didn't have it in him. And I am like not just saying this because oh. Uh, Everyone is uh, being a troll to a 19-year-old and Khabib Nurmagomedov was like, keep up the good work and stuff like that, which is going to obviously have a hamper now in your relationship with him because you, no, you and Khabib said, were tight. He said the exact opposite, in fact. He, As what? He stuck, he stuck up for Sage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, oh, stu- he stuck up for Sage. He, he belittled the people that were giving him shit. Oh, yeah, I'm not giving him shit. Oh, you I'm- are. You, no, I? I, like, I, I hear you have a t-shirt on right now with a big red mark going through Sage Northcutt's face. <laughs> that, no. Patrick just texted me. <laughs> I, I still like Sage. I think he's really good. And like, this, this, no, no, wait, this it could well, be t- a turning point for him. Like. Exactly. Well, just one more thing on him. Like, I have, uh, I have, like, first of all, he was on ridiculous amount of antibiotics. That's what they were saying. Oh, they I went. Don't th- this stuff. Well, th- surely there's a record of it because it went through USADA. So if USADA are able to release who the drug tested and where the drug tested, surely they're going to be able to confirm. Yes, we prescribed. We allowed. Yeah, we give Sage Northcutt antibiotics to take. He's still, he's just if he had terrible. to go to the emergency room before the fight, the fight should have been called off. That is talk about his, talk about his technique. What that's plain and technique? simple. I'm not saying like sickness. technique when you're sick Awful. goes out the window. Ah, completely out the window like you you i'm telling you now i've trained on antibiotics if you're on dodgy antibiotics first of all it can blow the head of you regardless you're meant to be in bed taking antibiotics you're meant to be recovering taking antibiotics you're not meant to be excruciatingly training getting ready for a fight or sorry you're not meant to be fighting on antibiotics i've trained on antibiotics and had to sit out and not finish the session because you go lightheaded do you know what i mean i thought it'll be fine it'll be fine no problem i can just train it's only jiu-jitsu and couldn't finish the session. Like, 
this is exactly what happened, Sage Northern. I'm telling you now, his next fight, if we see him in the same position, if, if, his last fight as well. if he looks as bad on the ground in his next <laughs> fight as he did in this one, I'll come back and say, yeah, fair enough, I'm a pussy. I just can't take antibiotics and train. Regular human beings can. And Sage Northcutt's an idiot and his jiu-jitsu shit. But you don't get a purple belt under someone like Gracie Barra and then, con- is that, and then, is that a joke? Are you serious? No, like, it's not a joke what? at all. You don't get a purple belt. I thought you were saying that was terrible. No, was, Gracie Barra is terrible, but oh, yeah. for different reasons. You don't get a pur- you won't get a purple belt often though, unless you're a purple belt level. Do you know what I mean? It's not another organization that will give them out depending on amount of time that you've been there or like shit like that. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Sage Northcott here was sick. I am completely. I am genuinely believing that. I'm genuinely putting it down to that. And I think you're far off the mark going wild here on his technique when it wasn't actually Sage Northcutt in there uh, competing. That was awful. What about, what about the, the choke? Give us your technique and just leave the, leave the whole sickness thing aside. What about the technique? Was that choke in? The sickness is what made him, like I'm no, not saying the sickness is what made him tap, but it, put it this way, right? What yeah. he had was a strep throat. So his glands are going to be completely... Uh, completely swollen his throat is going to be fucked his nose is probably blocked and you're put in a tight head and arm choke from half guard I'm not saying it's a head and arm choke that will submit someone but you can be in a head and arm choke that's just pressure do you know what I mean and it's okay I'm being put in pressure here I'm okay I'm not going to be choked because it's not cutting my airways off but I've never been put in a head and arm choke when he was as sick as he was I don't know what that was like I agree looking at it from a pure point of view Sage Northcutt tapped very early there What's yeah, wrong with him? Maybe it's I a 19-year-old panicking. Who knows? Yeah. I, I think this is the problem. Like he, he came on the MMA yesterday and it was all about him being sick. Not one word about his technique. I think that could be a problem. If he thinks, oh, I lost because I was sick. He didn't lose because he was sick. He lost because he was fucking terrible. Come on. He, he looked clueless on the ground. No matter how sick you are. Like, people have gone in there sick. Chad Mendes has gone in there sick before. Conor McGregor's gone in there with one fucking leg. People have gone, like, Loads of people have gone in there with injuries and sickness and stuff. You can fight through a You can fight through a physical a physical injury a lot easier than you can through a viral infection, a viral injury. And if you think there's a difference in fighting with a hurt body part and something inside you that is beating you up from the inside, then they're two completely different things. You cannot compare Conor McGregor going in on a dodgy leg to someone fighting with a viral infection. But I'm saying people got through adversity. I don't know. I, I, I don't think... Look, okay, it have, obviously have an effect on you. But oh, he looks so bad. He looked awful. Just terrible. Like, oh, I don't know. What, what, you, you need to explain the head and arm choke to people more. So, like, to finish a head what? and arm choke, what Brian would have wanted to do was to pass the half guard that he was passing, get into side yeah. control, then flatten himself out. And the way I like to finish it is when you flatten yourself out from there... Go up on your toes and keep walking. So you're you're gonna try turn into like a it's like a, a right around, a yeah. quarter past six on a clock, for example. Yeah. So if Sage was the six, I want to be the quarter past. That's the way I like to finish them because your your shoulder should already be coming from underneath. Now, to the point of that, you can see that Brian's left shoulder is incredibly tight, is locked. Yeah. But by the by the principles of defending that choke. Sage's right arm at the time, or was it his left arm that was trapped, should have been doing enough for him to hold off the point from, yeah, yeah this is pressure to this is a choke. However, I have no idea what it's like to have such pressure put on you with a, maybe a slight choke when you're as banged up as he's saying he is. 
Look at it this way. I look. I am completely. If you, are, if you aren't, say you're you're he- completely healthy, and someone puts a joke on you from that side. Like it's even not. It's like, not beyond. It's not beyond the realm of possibility yeah, that but, someone could tap you. But someone your same size probably shouldn't be tapping you from there. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Like at at the UFC level, you shouldn't be getting tapped from that position. Like. Fair enough. Like when I look. Oh at yeah, it, don't get I me wrong. Like, UFC yeah. level, I completely agree. But when has anything about Sage North could ever been UFC level? He was signed uh, from a fucking reality show. Yeah, but uh, you know, he's a prospect, and I think we have to look at him in, in such a way. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I he has been treated like a prospect, though. People are just people will hate on. Like, first yeah. of all, the UFC. Uh, Andy Ogle put on his Facebook page yesterday that he feels sorry for Sage Northcott, but he's delighted for him that he's making so much money because that's what all yeah. the fighters should be earning. That's what the the lowest level UFC fighters should be earning. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That is that is what like those guys are putting themselves through. All like imagine if that was a a, a turno guy in the UFC. Do you think it? Uh, I don't know. I was going to say, do you think Artem Lobov would have fought like that? But of course he would have fought like that. But do you know what I mean? For guys that are getting paid so little money. To yeah, go just, in and fight in the condition that Sage was in. Just one last thing, and we get on to the money then. Like, you, fair enough, and I agree with you. Like, his, his technique, obviously, you know, it isn't up to the standard of getting towards UFC contendership or, like, getting towards the top 50 in lightweight or whatever. But I think we need to realise that. I think that's that's why I'm saying, you know, his technique wasn't as good and he's not where it should be. Because, I don't, like, people are saying, oh, he, you know, he was sick. Even before that, it's like, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's just trash. He's not a good fighter. That That's not it either. Like, he didn't you know, he didn't give up, per se. For me, it was inexperience and panicking that made him lose. And, okay, the sickness as well, whatever, put that together. But... He like he looked he looked like a fish up the, up a tree on the ground. In fair, he did. But you can fix that. Look at Conor McGregor against Joseph Duffy. He got taken down and submitted in a very similar way. You know, um, early in his career, I think Patrick Oyman did a piece in yesterday. Jose Aldo got submitted. I think Vincent Henderson even himself got submitted early in his career. Sage can get better, but he you know he's going to have to get better. Some he, nobody he, from Ireland got submitted twice at the start of his career as well. <laughs> That Conor McGregor, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But yeah, um, look, that's I, the joke. Sage needs to get this Tristar. I think Tristar is the best camp in the world for building a fighter like him. But he needs to take, you know, he needs to take it seriously. He can't if he's going to be a full time student and you know training a bit with his father and training with the rinky dink gym he's at in in Texas or whatever. He's not going to improve, and he didn't like he didn't improve from his last fight much. And if he keeps going that way, you know, he's going to be. Remember that guy from a couple of years ago who was on that show and nobody's going to know who he is but <clears throat> he has obviously has the physical capabilities he showed like he showed signs of improvement at the start of the fight obviously like it went downwards pretty quickly his offensive wrestling looked good his striking looked okay at the start until until Barbara um, tried to to time it but he like he can improve these things it's going to take years and years but he like he, the base is there for him to become a good fighter um so I think, like, don't, don't get too heavy on him. His technique isn't where it is at the moment, but that doesn't mean he's a shit fighter. He's, you know, he's he's useless and he'll never be any good. That's just not simply not the way it is. You've done, I'm not going to say you've done a 180 here. What? Maybe a 75 degree. No. You're kind of, you're, you're giving him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here. At the start, I thought this was Sean Sheehan goes to town on Sage Northcott pillaging no. the village of Texas or the state of Texas. But I, now, my whole thing is it's a technique issue, like, and technique can change. His technique is terrible at the moment on the ground, but it can improve. That's where I'm at. Like, people, my problem is with people saying, you know, he, 
he was either sick and that's why he lost, or he's shit, he's not a fighter, he's no heart, he's useless. What about and us completely underselling the fact as well that maybe Brian Barbana? 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 Barbarina. Whatever. Barbarina, yeah. Exactly. I had no idea who he was until I uh, heard about that they were going to be fighting a couple of weeks ago. Um, first of all, he's a good looking man. I liked, his, I liked his barnet. Second of all, he trains with one of the best jiu-jitsu black belts of all time. Do you know what I mean? He trains with a guy called Augusto Mendez, who was meant to sign in, a, who was meant to fight at UFC Boston. Got signed short notice and then had to pull out of the fight. Must have celebrated too hard and pulled his hamstring or something like that. He, um, what's not to say that he just has good jiu-jitsu as well? Do you know what I mean? I, that's, yeah. the, that's the funny thing about like how everyone was talking about, oh, the hype trends derailed. Do you know what I would love to see introduced? Sorry, introduced into mixed martial arts, into the UFC in, in particular. This is how you get exciting fights, right? Have stipulations that if a guy wins a fight, he gets his opponent's purse. Or his next fight, he gets what his opponent just made. That's a good way. That's an interesting way to improve the, the pay system in the UFC. Okay, if you're an 8-8 eight, eight eight guy fighting an 8-8 eight eight guy, your next fight, 16-16. Sixteen and Because sixteen, you've collected that guy's 8-8. Yeah, I don't think the UFC would like that. <laughs> they had enough fan guys. That is an absolutely there. phenomenal idea. Well, I'm telling you, that would make such... Like, a guy yeah, like that, it, after a performance like that, derailing a hype train, all of the exposure, all of the attention that Sage is getting, and he will not see any significant improvement into his contract, yeah. into his purse for his next fight. I, I think this is... You've hit one of the great points as well, that people are kind of... They're either jealous of Sage, other fighters... And even like fans, I saw people saying Sage doesn't deserve that money. You know why is he on this money and other guys aren't? That's that's not the point here. Everyone should be on the money Sage is on. Like if you're, I don't understand people giving out about Sage getting this good money. Everyone should be getting the money. Like he deserves it. He's gone in there putting his body on the line. Fair enough. You know he wasn't good enough on Saturday night. But Brian Barberino went in there and put his body on the line. He deserves it as well. Like Ben Rothwell did it. Everyone in that card, like Artem Lava's doing it next week, Wonder Boy, everyone deserves good money. And for people to say, Sage Narco, how dare he get more money just because he's good looking, and that, that's the wrong attitude. You should be looking to push people forward. You should be looking for the UFC to promote everyone the way they promote Sage Narco. And I, I know that's not possible. But that's what we should be aiming for. And even if we can aim for that, aim for everyone to get a little bit more money. You know, <clears throat> Sage Narcot, we know, we look, everything's not equal. He's lucky. He got found on the show, or he got put into the show. Because he's a good-looking guy. He's been, a, you know, a young star on the karate The scene. youngest man on karate magazine ever, yeah. Joe. Some things are not equal. We all know that. But look, fucking hell. Don't be such a begrudging prick. Like the UFC, it's in a way it is meritorious. Is that the word? Where you can work your way up and get the big money, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes you're just it's handed to you, and that's the look of the draw. And that doesn't happen for many people, and it's happened for him. And why why begrudge him? If you were given that at 19 years old, you'd fucking take it too. So shut up your whining about it. That's what I say. There you go. Um, there was one kind of segue, final thing. Yeah. I was going to uh, comment on, oh yeah, but I've kind of ruined it. No, he wasn't on a segue, he was on a hoverboard in the oh, video yeah. that he posted afterwards. If it had been a segue, then this would have been the best link in uh, Severe MMA podcast history. 
I, I just don't know how people don't like him. Like he's such, he's a, just a harmless guy. Like I think it's a lot of jealousy and it's a lot of like, oh, he's weird and you know, that's just the way he was brought up. Like you can't hate him for the fucking way oh, he was brought up. I remember what it is now. You know, what going? I I think I said this to you. Uh, I was texting you during the week and I said this to you. First of all. How, like, what's going through Faraz Sahabi's head, first of all, when he mm-hmm. sees how his dad acts? Do you know what I mean? Like, and also how his dad corners him. What's his dad's background officially? Is it karate as well, I think? I think no, it he might was be. a bodybuilder. I, stuff, like, yeah. I, I, have, I have no idea. But his dad being in the corner is just another, uh, um... Piece in the puzzle that's kind of missing, or a bad piece. I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me it's, to explain yeah, what hard, it is. It's like why it's is he giving him advice well. exactly? Yeah. Why why is Faras not the one in the in the in the ring? Why is that other guy the guy in the ring? I know maybe that he's making a transition in terms of joining TriStar, but Sage Northcott's career will be defined by his father's control. Do you know what I mean? We have yeah. joked before that if Sage Northcott somehow failed a, a drug test and he said, I had no idea that was in it, and a scandal yeah. came out that it turned out his father was crushing it up and putting it into his Weedabix in the morning, I'd firmly believe that story. Like, yeah. that, that is the most sellable case of a guy getting out of a drug charge. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he needs, from the outside looking in, okay, he needs to move to TriStar. He needs to be allowed to live by himself. He needs to get away from everything that he's surrounded at the minute. He's been given everything. We've spoke about this before. Pro fighters, young fighters, amateurs turning pro, pros making debuts. You need to suffer. You know what I mean? You need to go through the trials and tribulations. Like, you need to be broke. Do you know what I mean? You need your Peugeot 206 to break down outside SBG and D Devlin has to give, help you push it to give you a jump start before you get all of that stuff. The lap of luxury... All of these things given to someone from such an early age at pro is going to get them complacent. It's going to, like, fair enough, they could put on a face and say, yeah, let's keep going. But it's going to get them complacent. It's going to get them cocky. It's going to get, like, Sage maybe not so much, but for me, I'd be worried. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He has the potential, as we are saying, to go on, improve his technique, become great. TriStar is the place for him. But not in the current capacity that he as far as I can see from the way that he's been trained. Yeah, it's a difficult situation he's in too because obviously like his father has done so much for him and stuff. He doesn't want to just up and leave exactly. and like, take yeah. his father out of it. So it's, it's like it's difficult. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to do what's best for you and what's best for your career looking forward. And if he wants to be a champion or if he wants to get up to the top level, he's going to need to go to TriStar or he's going to need to go to Jackson's or SBG or somewhere like that to, you know, to, to learn. He, He's not going to do it from, you know, his, his dorm fucking room in, in in Texas in the college. And, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough for him to to improve and to get better where he is at the moment. So, like... Shout-outs, by the way, to Pete C. Carroll for that uh, for that little bit of insight. It was We were chatting one night. We were talking about Sage, and he was like, yeah. he has the same opinion that you can't be spoon-fed all of this stuff. You need to work for it. You need to get to the heights to... Uh, you need to get to the heights so you can enjoy them rewardingly. You don't get them from the start. Yeah. I don't know how that. I, I don't know how do I agree with that totally. I think if you put in the like, I think if you put in the work, you can do it. Even if like you came up with and you're rich and you're fucking going into silk things at night, silk uh, a silk bed bed dressings at night. I th- I think you can still do it if you're if you're if you put in the work. You know, I, obviously. Like a lot of people come from, you know, 
bad backgrounds or whatever, poor and, you know, that motivates them to get better. Well, as we saw in Creed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But these these things uh, these things can work themselves out. But I, I still have hope for Sage, but, you know, things are going to have to change. And it, I think the most important point is he needs to not look for excuses and he needs to realise that, you know, it's a technique issue. It's a problem with his game. That's the issue, and he's going to have to fix it. And he's going to have to improve over the next couple of years. Well, there we go. Nice little bit of a uh, analysis deep down, digging into Sage Northcutt's life, his personal life. He needs the ride. Let's be honest. He needs, he needs, he needs the needs ride. Both, That's he needs what he needs. Points and he needs a, about four hookers. That's no, what he needs. <laughs> that, like Sage Northcutt is exactly the, like if. Ten year in five years time after he goes on a John Jones meteoric rise, like I would not be surprised to see him like arrested and carried out of the MGM like uh, after defending really? I don't think so. After defending No, this is when he this is when he leaves the dad, goes to Canada. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Goes on a mad one. Like that's what he needs. He needs a girlfriend. Like he needs someone to absolutely buck the life of him. Like he needs to go out with Chris Cyborg. Cause she's the only like <laughs> that is exactly what Sage Northcutt needs. Like Yeah. Oh beautiful. And it's Justin, like, Duffy need, Justin Duffy needs to do this. He needs to take him on the beer. Exactly. Well, next yeah. time he's up in TriStar, Joseph Duffy, take him out for a few pints. Yeah. It's your responsibility, Joe. Get on. Eric O'Keefe, come on, take him out and get this man, you know, get, get him a few pints of Heineken there. Good man. Sage in the session would be some laugh, yeah. like, because he'd pull loads. I would, yeah. But you you just imagine after about two pints, he'd be absolutely pissed out of his head and falling It'd be so rest. funny. He'd be like, oh. <laughs> Trying to do flips and just like smashing his head off the ground and stuff. Looking over to his dad, can he do another flip? And <laughs> it's like, yeah, go on ahead. <laughs> Woo! And his dad just shaking his head and like, no, Sage, this is not how I taught you. <laughs> yeah, walks out. Oh um, my God. Well, speaking of this is not how I taught you, I would imagine Ryan Bader's wrestling coach had something very similar going through his head in the opening couple of seconds of his fight with Anthony Johnson at the weekend. Oh my God. I don't want to go out there and say... I, first of all, Ryan Bader pretty much Ryan Bader himself. Like, do you know what I mean? He had such a great run. He will go on an equally as good run again. But just when it comes to the upper echelon, the top guys in 205, Ryan Bader is always going to be... He's not even going to be the bridesmaid. He's going to be the girl that was left out of the group bridesmaids party. Do you know what I mean? Girl, he's, he's the flower girl. He's the fifth one that couldn't be the fourth bridesmaid. Yeah. Like, I feel like, first of all... Daniel Cormier gives some... Yeah. He's your man, the prince, the leaflets that go in the seats at the weddings. I don't know. He, um, Daniel Cormier said something very interesting somewhere on the broadcast about being cautious or not being confident enough to take one or two of Johnson's shots in order to close the distance because he said that he yeah. took a few of them and they put them nearly the other side of the ring. Um, Johnson has undeniable power probably the heaviest hitter in 205 at the minute but Bader just coming out and diving straight on the single leg was just like oh my god admittedly UFC open workouts Ryan Bader's work uh, his workout was very good the way that he chained his wrestling together he was going singles outside singles inside singles doubles and then repeating that all the way around so he like he kind of gave away his game plan from the very start but Anthony Johnson like that is like Anthony Johnson's the type of guy you don't want to run into in prison on your first day. Do you know what I mean? You don't want him to think you look cute the first day you, you come into a prison. Like, because, because, yeah, pretty much what he did to Ryan Bader is what would happen to you, except it would happen all night long. 
Like literally That was a slick performance From Anthony Johnson A scary scary man And I'm just so annoyed That Daniel Cormier Is already booked To fight John Jones Yeah me too Like Ryan Bader Left the octagon Holding Anthony Johnson's pocket Like it was that bad Oh teabag style Prison break style <laughs> Yeah I, I think I have A kind of a different opinion On this fight Than really most people I think Ryan <coughs> Bader Could have given A much better account Of himself I don't think so No What could he have done not shoot for the take. He could have circled him for 30 seconds, then shot for the takedown. Uh, I was writing my article for this uh, fight last weekend. I, I think I gave him like four options, right? He could stay on the outside. Pull and out. Try to get, slip on try a to banana skin. Yeah. <laughs> try to get away from uh, Johnson until he got tired. He could try to, you know, get in the inside, intelligently get inside and try to take him down. Or, 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 or three, sorry. And, or he could try to, sh- you know, get through a shootout, try to box with him. And you know, weather the storm, and 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 um, you know, wait wait for Johnson to tire himself out again. I think all of those are bad options. I, I like I don't think any of those are ever going to work. Um, but I think Bader was right to wrestle, right to try to wrestle. He tried it anyway, but just didn't work, and obviously went terribly badly. But I think that was his best option, if I'm being honest. Like, I know he didn't do, he didn't do it right, but I think it was his best option. If he got out and struck with Anthony Johnson, he would have got brutally knocked out, and we all know it. There's no way Ryan Bader was winning that fight. Let's be honest here. No way. This is there's there's some fights, you know. You don't really know which way to go. And most fights are like that in UFC because the you know the matchmaking is so good. You know, you you'd have an idea like, but you wouldn't yeah, like say Rotwell and Barnett. Like I picked Barnett, but look, Rotwell won. I wasn't you know I wasn't that that shocked by it. This is one of those fights, like, I had no way I thought Ryan Bader would win. It, I, I won't say it's that bad, but Cody McKenzie against um, Chad Mendes, it was up there with that for me in, in easy, easy to pick. Like, there was no way Bader was doing this. Anthony Johnson's sprawl is so good. His takedown defense is so good. He's so hard to hit, you know. And as I tweeted there during the week, Ryan Bader is not Daniel Cormier. And like people, you know, people are talking about, the, you know, we, we joked about Blueprint Pettis. They said, oh, the Blueprint is there to beat Anthony Johnson. It isn't really. Daniel Cormier uh, is just one of the greatest fighters in the world. Unless you're an elite fighter, like John, John Jones could probably do that. Daniel Cormier could do that. Maybe Ken Velasquez could do it. Who else? Verdun, maybe. Is there anyone else in the world who could do it? I don't think Sipe could do it. I don't think Sipe, he'd be. I think he'd beat Sipe. I don't think Rotwell would do it. I don't think Barnett could do it. I don't think any of those top heavyweights could do it. I don't think anyone else in light heavyweight could do it. So there's like what three, four men in the whole world who could do it. And Anthony Bader, or Anthony Bader, Ryan Bader, simply isn't one of those. Phil Davis might have been able to do it, but not to a, yeah. an amount that you could win the fight from. It depends. Yeah, maybe it depends what Phil Davis shows up. When he he fought Phil Davis and it was a closer fight, but Phil Davis didn't use his wrestling that much in that fight, and uh, it was you know kind of a kickboxing match. But yeah, maybe uh, on his day, but Phil, you know Phil Davis now he's kind of he's a win one lose one kind of kind of thing. But King Mo, King mm, no, I think Mo gets hit. Like Mo got knocked out by fucking Manny Newton twice. Well, he got he got knocked out by him once anyway. Did he get knocked? he got beat by him twice anyway? Is that the spinning backfist? Yeah. Well, um, like, if you talk about anything Emmanuel Newton related, it's just, oh, yeah, spinning backfist. Spinning backfist, great, man. I'm being yeah, fucking... but if we talk about, like, fair enough, the blueprint to beat him, what about um, Joe Rogan alluded to it, that he needed to get someone into his camp that was a heavier guy than him with world-class jiu-jitsu. 
and he appears. I Joe Rogan give the name of the guy who's in his corner. Much Neil big. Melanson. Who is it? Neil Melanson. Neil Melanson. Thank you, Sean. Dictionary of uh, encyclopedia of knowledge here. And you yeah. saw it. Sprawl was pretty nice. Control was pretty good. Kamara position from the bottom, which Ryan Bader had, can be a really, really shit position if you've got someone like Ryan Bader doing it to you, like, a, a st- like Brian Moore-style strength. He may fight at 55, 45. He probably has the strength of an average 185-er. Do you know what I mean? Or a 77, 170-pound uh, guy. Ryan Bader... That's that Wexford strength. Exactly. It's just bogger strength. I imagine Ryan Bader has a similar thing, and he was able to hold on to that for quite a while. Anthony Johnson went through steps while well, locked him down, was able to free the arm, and as soon as that arm was free, you were just like... Right, Ryan Bader, you've you've done well, but this is it. I think it was five shots he landed. Not like I don't think any of them were actually clean. I think they were all gloved or just skimming, and it still knocked him unconscious. Like that is scary. Like, and he didn't come to until Johnson was already up and had done a lap of the cage, <laughs> celebrating. Like, yeah, that is terrifying. That scary. is absolutely scary. terrifying. I like. I'm thinking about, I've been thinking about the John Jones fight with Anthony Johnson more and more now since that fight. And all I'm replaying in my head is like, it could look similar to the first Gustafson fight, but with someone who actually can hit hard. Yeah, I think Gustafson hit hard, hit hard in fairness, but I'm not Anthony saying, Johnson, like, hits, hits, hits harder. harder. Yeah, know, Sorry, I'm not, not being a, I'm not calling <laughs> yeah. Gustafson pillow-fisted by any means. But I can see that, like, fair enough. John Jones, as we've said before, has got the benefits of going to prison in his body and physical appearance, but without <laughs> actually having to go to prison. He got the pri- like th- that's the physique you get from lift- lifting concrete slabs on steel wire in jail. Do you know what I mean? But unfortunately, he's coming up against the biggest guy in the yard. Do you know what I mean? He's coming up against Anthony Johnson, the man who controls the prison yard. This is going to be one of the greatest light heavyweight fights ever. Like it really should be said. Like get an old school cage. Get cage with barbed wire on the top of it or something like that. Throw weapons in there. Have Kimbo Slice and Data 5000 all around the side of the ring as enforcers. Yeah. This is the type of fight that Stone you need. Stone Cold Steve Austin. A lumberjack match. Throw him over the top yeah. and the boys get to beat the piss out of him. Like, this yeah, is going to be a legitimate... Like, the Cormier-Jones fight has a great sell. It's going to be interesting. Um, and I do think Cormier will be able to give a better account of himself before en route to getting finished by John Jones. But John Jones versus Anthony Johnson, like sign me up, buckle me in, and that's, pass that's me, pass me that's the, the Nivea baby oil. Oh, that's the fight. Jeremy Ballard be going around fucking buck naked around Las Vegas. That's like that. It's scandalous. It's, like, I can't oh, wait. That's the fight. Like someone got AK and throw a few, uh, throw a few banana peels down to Daniel Carmel slip up at him. That's, that's the fight. Oh, I, I, but here I came up with a great idea yesterday. Do you want to hear what? That? What is it? Do you know if Anthony Johnson needs to keep busy? What? Mark Hunt. Oh. Mark Hunt versus Anthony Johnson. I don't think I'd want to see that happen to Mark Hunt. Hush tones. Sit in a hush tone. Imagine that. Who who do you think hits harder? Uh, the kid that Mark Hunt punched in the stomach and if it didn't affect in the slightest. What was his name? <laughs> Did you see that video? Yeah, I saw that video. John, yeah. One of John Wayne Parr's students, I think it is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, if we're talking about Anthony Johnson having to fight Mark Hunt, I would rather Anthony Johnson 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 be wrapped in cotton wool yeah. until yeah. this this fight happens. I think he's established himself as the bona fide two hundred five contender. There's no one else coming close. 
he already ruined Gustafsson this time last year. Leave it at that. Let's let's let Anthony Johnson plow on here and get his title shot. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I wanted to make a joke about substandard heavyweights. Yeah. In fact, I did, but we stopped recording because you give <laughs> give off to me for calling Mark Hunt a substandard heavyweight. He's the Mark Hunt is the best in the world. So let's just talk about two other substandard heavyweights. Ben Rothwell versus Josh Barnett. What did you think? I told Awful. you. Ben Rothwell, like, I don't know. There's just something about Ben Rothwell that everyone thinks he's, like, going to, like, oh, he's turned his career around. I just think it's the level of guys that he's been fighting. Or bad incarnations of the guys that have shown up to fight that you're thinking, how did he manage to pull that off? Capped off with the fact that he submitted a guy who hasn't been submitted in mixed martial arts before, I think. If yeah. not for a long, long time. He was submitted by Dean Lister with a side, uh, a catch wrestling lock. He was submitted no, by Mark Kerr in ADCC years ago. So it's He submitted Dean Lister. Oh yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. He subbed Dean Lister and it was Dean Lister's first time being submitted in yeah. 19 years. And it was just Mark see, Kerr. Just teaching you a few jiu-jitsu lessons. Sorry, did I say Barnett? I said it the other way around, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, and then... So Dean and Dean Lister had his shoulder popped as well recently, really badly in, in Russia. But uh, for Josh Barnett, it's just like, oh, Ben Rothwell was doing the Artem Lobov stance. Do you know what I mean? Feet right beside each other, underneath his shoulders, but minus the ability to be able to move and get out of the way. I, if the the UFC have had trouble establishing a dominant heavyweight champion for a while, in that case, give Ben Rothwell to Fabricio Verdum in the next fight because then you've got a champion who's like a little bit more cred- credible than your past incarnations of heavyweight champions who either got injured or lost to someone else within a fight of taking the title. And then you let him fight Stipe. Do you know what I mean? Who is a genuine challenger up and coming who could beat Fabrizio Verdun. Am I being too harsh? Am I being too harsh here? Don't get me wrong. The guillotine was beautiful. And I absolutely, like it was absolutely phenomenal. But the fight up until that point was just like, yeah. It's like, is this really what the heavyweight... Well, I don't want to say is this what the heavyweight division has become, but why are two guys that are 38 and nearly 40... What is it, 36 and 38? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Being considered as next legitimate champ, like title challengers. Like, that it's is just, the heavyweight division, though. I know, but it's such a sad state of affairs. Like, It's yeah, really, really true. depressing to see that. And surely, 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 there are young up-and-coming heavyweights around the world that the UFC no. could be... No? No, no, none. What is wrong? It's terrible. Like these big guys that just go and play other sports. Like why would they? Why would they want to get punched in the face? But I suppose that's a debate for another day. But I thought, that, yeah, this fight wasn't great in the first round, but I thought it improved a little bit. Um, I thought Barnett would be able to push Rottweil against the Finns and make it a dog fight. You know, what about Josh Barnett weighed in at like two hundred and thirty something, two hundred and forty pounds? Did I didn't even really, know that. really chubby, really light. Josh Barnett did fairly well in the striking, though. I think I thought Rottweiler would do a lot better in the striking. I thought, you know, Barnett was catching him an awful lot. I think his striking is is very underrated. Like, even five rounds with um, with uh, Daniel, what's his name? Daniel Carmier as well, um, back in strike force. And, you know, uh, Rottweiler kind of, as he said himself, and I think it was Ariel interviewed him afterwards, he kind of upped the pace in the second round and. He tends to do that. He does it a bit against Overeem as well. He, you know, he kind of starts slowing and he kind of gets his feet moving and you know, he he um, he starts landing his shots. But 
that it obviously it all came to that choke in the end. That that go go choke, uh, like it's you can't fuck around with that. Like he's he does. I think it's the third time now, or the second time in a row now he's done it. Um, choke Matt Mitrion with it and choke Josh Barnett with it. And like if you leave your neck out there, if he gets he touches your neck, that's dangerous. And you know he with his big, you know, he's not over him, knocked out Brandon Vera, but he's punches as well. If if you want to take him down, you're going to have to put your head in there when you're trying to take him down. And if he latches onto that, you're fucked. Well, what, what do you think of that choke? It's it's a pretty good one. Have you just uh, on leading into the choke on Ben Rothwell? He's become a fan favorite. Do you know what I mean? He's he done has, he's yeah. done weird shit. He's done goofy shit. He's tried to make himself look like an idiot, appeal to fans like Irish fans. Like he has their support, and rightfully so. He had them eaten out of his hands. Like do you know what I mean in Dublin, but. To me, it seems like that is just the game that he's playing. And that's the way that the sport is going. Like, people say you need to be out there more, you need to talk more. Like, who would have thought that Ben Rothwell would ever be in the position that he is in the heavyweight division? Do you know what I mean? Like, an adored fan favourite who does weird shit and also wrecks guys, like, when he has to. That choke, like, the way that he sets that choke up, aside from getting the hands in, he puts enormous pressure with the top of his stomach, like, the top of his chest, onto the back of the neck. There's a footlock called uh, There's a footlock It's called the Estima lock Baraglio and Victor Estima have uh, yeah. It's their footlock And it's similar They get the foot And they put it into the Like the cavity of the chest and that, But they have it as a regular footlock And they crush the foot And that's pretty much what The movement that he's doing With that guillotine When he's crushing the neck Combined by the fact That he had Barnett up against the cage Hunched over And then was able to Crank the guillotine to the left putting all that extra pressure on him like pretty much getting his forearm and elbow onto his back of the guillotine it's a sick sick choke like do you know what I mean you wouldn't like like you will it's not even the one uh, a type of choke that you can go out from if that makes sense because it's yeah. such a crush on your throat on your actual windpipe it's a pain slash choke it's not like a a bow and arrow choke in the gi or a, some, side, some sort of darse choke that's affecting the blood vessels on the side of your neck this yeah. is a genuine like you're, you're about to literally like break the, the bones in my throat like it's beautiful poor old sage if he got caught in that he, you know he would he's, he's, he's strep throat god knows you know. what would have happened to him god knows yeah god knows what happened to him. but do you think Barnett should be next for or um sorry Rotwell should be next for title shot or do you think it should be Steve or do you think it should be Kane what do you think Kane, Kane is kind of lost. Well, you see, yeah. then Kane will have to fight Stipe, which we don't really want. Um, yeah. He also, I don't think, deserves another title shot. Do you know what I mean? And can we just talk about, uh, oh my God, Fabricio Verdun pulling the John Jones as well. Oh, we talked about that last week, didn't we? I just, finally, scandalous, like, yeah. embarrassing, just to re- repoint on that. Um, I don't know Kane is just What's he at? Do you know what I mean? Like that is you, This can't keep happening Do you know what I mean? He, as, I, I think I've said it before It might even be last week Or a couple of weeks ago Had the ability Had the chance Had the opportunity Right there in front of him To go down As undisputed The greatest heavyweight Of all time And his body Let him down he wasn't able to He wasn't able to do it He wasn't able to go on the run He should have spent The last couple of years Demolishing people Getting ready for John Jones to come up, and then the two of them have one of the most anticipated fights of all time. But unfortunately, it went the complete other way. 
yeah. give Ben Rothwell the title shot. Do you know what I mean? That is a chance for I, Fabrizio Verdum to assert himself, and you give Stipe the time maybe to. I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be bad news for for Ben Rothwell. Um, I think Majotic is gonna get the shot <clears throat> because he was given it kind of already, so that makes sense to make that fight now. And then I think Overeem will probably get the next one because he'll sign a new contract and in that contract he'll say, oh, I'm getting a title shot straight up. So I think Overeem is going to pass out uh, Rothwell and get that shot. And then I think Arlovsky and Velasquez kind of make sense in a three-round fight. And you know, you know Rothwell then, he, he beat, did he beat Travis Brown? I think he fought, let me just look it up. No, he hasn't, he hasn't fought Travis Brown. So that makes sense. Travis Brown against Ben Rothwell make that fight I don't think Ben Rottwell's getting a title shot this year and I honestly don't even know he's you know he's done so well and stuff but you can see him being annoyed though if Overeem yeah. gets a title shot over him when he's oh, knocked over Overeem out yeah. like if Overeem doesn't come back I think he'd probably get the shot um, you know before before uh, why wouldn't uh, Overeem go to Bellator Overeem. though now though let's be That's honest good That's a, and a good segue as well into our, into our exactly. next exactly Vincent Henderson announced last night on his uh, on his website that he's going over to Bellator, uh, and that brings up obviously the the whole free agents thing. Um, Fair play to him. Yeah, I think it's look, it's a, it's a good it's a good move for him. There's still that I tweeted yesterday. There's there's still that feeling that uh, it's kind of a pity, in that. Like there's there's fights there. I wanted to see him fight. Like, I'd love to see him fight McGregor and Habib. And there has know, been a lot of questions about Bendo, so there won't be questions asked in, uh, in the question segment of the show. We're gonna throw our thoughts out about it now. Yeah. Um. Look, Ben Rattle, or sorry, Ben Hind- Vincent Henderson. He's a good fighter, and I think like he's had his time in the UFC, and he's had you know he's won his championship, and he doesn't have anything anything left to prove in the UFC. Now's the time for him to go and make some coin. Like he, Dana White, I think Dana White said yesterday that he would have if he got back to the championship, he would have earned more money than his Bellator contract. But that's I don't think that's very realistic at this stage of his career, to be honest. I think Ben Rothwell's a guy now who like he wants big fights, he wants straight up money, and he's gonna probably go in and win the Bellator title, and then. Like there's two or three guys there for him to fight, and that that'll be about it. Um, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll beat Will Brooks. I think he'll beat Michael Chandler. I think he'll beat Josh Thompson, and who else have they really? That's about it. And who cares? He'll beat all yeah. those three guys, get paid handsomely from it, and also get all of his sponsorship money back. Yeah. Ben Henderson but- towards the end of his career, maybe, you know, couple more fights, six more fights, let's say, in Bellator finishes out, or yeah. goes on a tear and then gets re-signed by the UFC on good money. Uh, he could who happen, knows? I wouldn't like, rule it out. Who knows? Like, I, I, yeah. Did I see Jeremy put on Twitter yesterday about poison pills in the Bellator contracts? Bellator yeah. will include stuff like if we make over 4 million gate, you get 35% of it. You get 40% of it. Because the UFC will never match that because the UFC regularly do gates higher than that. Yeah, so that's um, that's that's smart too, isn't that it? That is brilliant. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That is how vi- that is how Bellator will entice a lot of fighters over. And I genuinely think that this year, 2016, I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC starts slowing down on matching on some on some guys. Do you know what I mean? It's like maybe you'll only see them fight twice a year. If a guy has three fights left on his contract, he's only fighting twice this year. Do you know what I mean? The UFC are going to run that contract down. If it's a high-profile guy that they yeah. would rather keep. Bellator is all... See, the problem with Bellator is they're still, like, a, you know, 
very much you know a, C, a B or C type promotion. Like they're they're nowhere near the UFC, and they're for them to get anywhere near to even to get like to strike force levels, you know, to like a, a serious number two. They're not a serious number two at the moment. To get there, they're going to need to sign all these guys. They're not going to need to sign Aljamain Sterling, Matt Mitrion, and Alistair Overeem, and more and more. But they I don't think they can do that. Like I know people say like they have all this Viacom money, but they want to make a profit as well. They don't want to just keep sinking money into this. And if they're paying all these guys big money, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna lose money even more money than they're but losing Viacom at the moment. Viacom are as huge that you could nearly compare it to a sheik taking over a Man City. They're, I don't think so. Well, they're, they're I, still a business at the end of the day. Like you know, what's the what's the what like? This isn't like a vanity project for Viacom. Like they, you know, they want this to become, you know, something that's making money, a good television product. You know, they're not going to spend loads yeah, and loads I, of money. I think they're looking at it more over a fifteen-year thing than a five-year yeah. thing. Like, why? It took the UFC so long to get to that level. So maybe Bellator are thinking it's going to take them the same amount of level. They have the ability now to be able to invest big at the start and then maybe see where that takes them in a couple of years. It's a business decision. It's a business risk. It's a venture. Fair play to them. Like if it's gonna, it's gonna crash and burn. It'll crash and burn spectacularly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I do think that Bellator are making all the right signs and early improvements in their brand, product, roster, everything associated with it, in order to maybe legitimately challenge the UFC a couple of years down the road. Unless Conor McGregor promotions takes off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crow Park, yeah, yeah. Shinya Oki, get over here. Fuck. That's my kind of impression there. But um, I don't know. But as I said, there's I still would die if Shinya Yoki fought in Crow Park. Oh my god. Do you like my idea? You like that, do you? No, he wouldn't fight Connor. God no. Why not? Because Connor would lose that fight. Shinya Yoki's the goat. <laughs> uh, no, not really. But uh, what's happened? But look, Bellator, they're gonna need you know they're gonna need to sign up all these guys. Aljamain Sterling. There's been a lot of talk about him. He's, you know, he'd, he'd be a good signing, but I don't think he's the guy to bring him to I the I think he stay, he will stay with the UFC. Like, Aljamain Sterling is, like, sure. he is a, he's a smart guy. He's a gangster. He's not going to, he knows that he can get good money out of the UFC. I think Bellator is not going to happen for him. I think he wants to be the best in the world as one. Well, you can't do that with Bellator. Like, I couldn't even name a Bellator fucking band win now, could you? Obviously not. There's probably, probably a couple of guys I've heard of, but I'm not offhand. Like, um, Oh, Overeem is a big one for them now. If they get Overeem, that could be huge. You know, I could see him fighting Fedor. You know, there's plenty of fights. A Czech Congo fight, even Tito, fucking throw him in there. Kimba, fucking let him kill Kimba there for about five seconds. But um, it's it's a tumultuous time in the world of uh, MMA free agency, and there's probably a couple more coming up now in the near future that you know we don't really hear about them until like. The fight, the last fight of their contract comes up, so these uh, it's worth keeping an eye on. And I suppose on Vincent Henderson, fair play to him if he's if he's getting more money. That's, Power on Bando. Yeah, this is prize fighting at the end of the day. So either way, uh, it's amen. talking about people that may be entering free agency in the near future. Alex White, <laughs> Artem Lobov is ho- <laughs> hoping to oh. Artem Lobov is hoping to put him there this weekend. I love the build-up to this fight. I love the way that Artem has been out there and vocal, and he's he's actually coming up against the guy that he's been calling out for years. And I don't mean a guy like fighter-wise. I mean a guy who's padded his record to get to the UFC and lost his first two fights in the UFC. 
like that, like Artem has always been vocal against those guys who won't fight the best in Europe and um, being offered fights and then it's like oh no we found out we're just a fight or two away from the UFC fight me there if you can all of that sort of shit now he's going to get a chance to finally debut on the UFC this day last year I think he was just home from fighting in Poland Peter Quigley went over with him he um, pulled off a finish but I, if I remember correctly watching the stream when he had the guy up against the cage the doctors the judges and other officials were cornering the guy who Artem was fighting <laughs> that pretty much embodies Artem Lobov down to a T uh, in terms of his ability his fighting style his little fucks attitude towards who he fights and where he fights I have to admit very happy that he's getting his chance in the UFC this Saturday. Well, yeah. a second, second chance in the UFC yeah. this Saturday. Um, I think this could be a good fight. Like neither of them are the best fighter in the world. But I think we can all acknowledge that. Alex White does. He's kind of like Artem Lavov. He's a southpaw, and he, you know, he's more of a maybe an orthodox. I think he was like a world champion amateur boxer, but in like you know, some ring magazine amateur boxers and like some some combination. But like. You know, it's, it's not bad, whatever it was. It's to become a world champion, you have to do something right. But he's, he's a good striker, not a, not a great ground game. I think this fight is going to be fought out more, uh, mainly on the feet. Um, and he's, he, like, as I said, like Labov, he just he throws big bombs and something's going to land. I think this fight is going to... I'd be surprised if it went, you know, past two rounds. I think it'll probably end in the first and someone's getting uh, getting knocked out cold. And I'd say no, it'd probably be Alex White, maybe. Um, but it's yeah, it's nice. Like <clears throat> Artem Lavov could be one of those guys. We spoke about it before. If you know, if he can put a couple of wins together, he could be one of those those guys that goes in, takes short, short, short notice fights. You know, beats guys maybe you shouldn't. You know, expect him not to beat, and he'll give up obviously a few losses as well. Like that, that fight against Ryan Hall is obviously a very tough fight, but you know, he, I think he's going to be like a, a lose one, win one type of guy, and. Um, put on exciting fights and I think that's uh, that's something the UFC need and that's something the UFC you know they like so I think he definitely has a place in the UFC for maybe the next couple of years anyway if he can win this fight obviously it's all predicated on this one he's probably his next one as well if if he loses this one it's you know it's going to be tough after two losses in a row starting off but um, yeah I think it's a I think it's a very winnable fight for him Christmas is over why is he called the Russian Hammer again? No more uh, presents. <laughs> um, he's called he's the Russian Hammer, him. yes. Throwback, Cage Warriors and the Helix, the return of Joseph Duffy, if I believe. Was it, was that, it that? I don't know if it was that night or if it was the March Cage Warriors that was on earlier on in that year. Uh, Peter Creeley told me he's not the prospect killer anymore, he's the Russian Hammer. Opened up the interview, the Russian Hammer was like, Artem, where is this nickname come from? Well, I well, I get it up for you, no? I don't even know. I don't. No, Peter I Peter Quigley posted it recently, yeah, and it's hilarious. It and he said, and he said, I don't. I I love Artem's voice as well because it always kind of feels like there's something stuck in the back of his throat as well. <laughs> it's kind of nasally. It's like I don't. No, I'm not even gonna do it. I don't no. know. Maybe you should. Uh, I don't know why he's calling me that. He must have heard his girlfriend calling me that, the Russian <laughs> hammer. And it's like, he's like, oh, I don't know. What did he say? He said, I don't know. Peter Creeley's girlfriend calls me that, so you'll have to ask her why I'm called the Russian, Russian hammer. I was, I don't know. How, well, no, I busted my shit laughing, but I don't know how I didn't do it even more in the interview. I think I held that together pretty well. There's the... So you, you coined that nickname 
for him and you, you kind Chris Fields nickname as well the housewife's yeah. choice the house wife's choice yeah there we go the, uh, mm-hmm. well Chris that's pretty much the next high profile signing we're going to talk about because he's left mama and is signed with caged beasts Cage Beast, yeah, he's fighting on Colgan, is he? 40, you know? I don't think they're giving him such a tough test in his first fight. Are they, are they not? Yeah, no, I, no, I, I think they're giving him someone else, maybe a warm-up fight first, yeah. then uh, Cage Beast's top of the you hill. Look, like, if you yeah. haven't seen that severe sessions, go and watch it. Like, Chris Fields look visibly shaken there sitting next to Colgan. Like, Intimidated uh, was is not the word yeah. I would use, but petrified probably shits better. Himself. He looked like a prime UL Romero a there. Can we just <laughs> talk about uh, the, in, the internet reacting to that video for a second? When all of them were like, Chris Fields yeah. is such a dick. <laughs> it's like, obviously, oh, loads of people were being like, Chris Fields is a dick. He was joking. Like, oh, he was taking it way too serious. And it was like, he's obviously doing, like, his character was from the point of view of an MMA fighter who's trying to, you know, disprove what your man is doing so he can give funny lines back. It wasn't just going to be the two of them sitting there laughing at everything he says, thinking he's a legend. I was like, there's some comments on YouTube, like people being like, Chris Fields is a dick. Uh, PT went and liked a comment about the two other presenters being dicks yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that one myself. I love bad comments. They're my favourite Oh, thing. they're unreal. They're, yeah. they, look, I'll not lie, they're hurtful, but they are still unreal. I, like, I never read comments. Only when some people send them to me and then I go and like them. I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know that had happened, but it's funny anyway. If you haven't seen it, check it out, the video, and youtube.com forward slash severe art finally if we want to actually talk like I know we spoke about a hype train being derailed but thankfully the Shut Wonder Boy Express is pulling out. into failure station this Saturday night when <laughs> Big Rig rolls into town and kicks the piss out of Wonder Boy Sean Sheehan is going to be visibly heartbroken. I don't even know why I've upped my voice or even predicted that Big Rig is going to win because he is going to lose the fight. But I think Wonder Boy will win, yeah? Me too, yeah. It's a funny one for me because when I started watching UFC, like, UFC, MMA... Johnny Hendricks, like, sorry, sorry about this. Johnny Hendricks, do you know in old, like, films when a person reveals, like, there's an alien in their body? yeah. And they ripped the skin apart. That's <laughs> yeah, happened, like Johnny that. Hendricks, okay? Johnny Hendricks used to be this superhuman mutant that would Don't knock think. people out instantly yeah. on his route to get a title shot. Then he opened a steak hut, got fat, a steak restaurant, got fat, and just became, and then, which is now closed down, and then the alien was just like, fuck this, tuck himself out of Hendricks' body, stitched it back up, went out of this universe and now Johnny Hendricks doesn't know what happened with his last four years of his life but is still like continuing fighting anyway like this is like what has happened to him he's not what he used to be alright he's got like, there's a lot of things missing weight injuries losing the title close fights hard fights you know but he's you know he's still a dangerous fighter he's still a very very good wrestler he can still hit hard you know it's a tough, it's a tough one for Wonderboy. It's uh, it's the toughest wrestling test of his his career today. But I think an important point to make here is it's the toughest striking test of Johnny Hendricks's career today as well. And I know, like I know he's fought good guys. I know he's fought GSP. He's fought Robbie Lawler. He's fought you know Carlos Condit. But nobody's as good as Wonderboy striking. And I, I know I'm a little bit biased here. I lo- no 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 you're not. I'm a Wonderboy fight. You're but not. I think that's true. Um, look as I was saying there, like when I started watching MMA in the UFC. I watched it for the sport. I watched it for like the technique, and I yeah. I never really, I was never really a fan of anyone, but 
and I've kind of still am apart from Wonderboy. He's the only one I've ever like been a fan of. Like before he got into the UFC and liked it. So I'm a little, I'm me, I'm a little bit biased here towards Wonderboy, but I don't know. I just believe in his game. I think he's like he's his game is really really good, and it's he's improved an awful lot since obviously since that Matt Brown fight. Um, this this is going to be a tough fight for him, but I like I was writing my preview there last night, and you know Johnny Hendricks has the ability to wear him down. It's five rounds now as well, and he's, he'd been preparing for a three-round fight, which, with Johnny Hendricks's past record, might be the best thing for him. But like, he has the ability to wear Wanderby down over five rounds. Definitely, he has the ability to take him down. But he's going to have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, if if he only if he does it for one round, fair enough, that's good. If he does it for two rounds, fair. But if he you know if he can't do it in the third round, or if he can't do it in the second round, and he gives Wanderby time to strike, that could end very very badly for him. Like, I think Wanderby can win this fight. At any moment, you know, if if he's given one chance, if he's you know if he's given ninety seconds on the feet to strike, I think he can win the fight. But I don't think Johnny Hendricks can do the same. I think, I think he can win the fight definitely. But he's going to have to do it over a you know over a longer period of time. He's going to have to cut, cut down the movement of Wonderboy. He's he's going to have to chase him around the cage. You know, not let him get anything off. And I think that's going to be very hard. And I think. Uh, I think Wonderboy's gonna lay one of those question mark kicks on his face and put him put him to sleep. Put him to sleep. Yeah, prove me right again. Sleepy time. <laughs> you got full Viper there. Story. <laughs> the Viper has a new video out, World News, and it's oh, absolutely okay. brilliant. He is he, we need him. The boy's got own Colgan. We need yeah. the Viper. On we need this the podcast. Viper on here. Get the Viper. Let's make it I happen. I see Owen Colgan retweeted my tweet about uh, asking for questions. So if, if he's listening, get the Viper. We want the Viper yeah. on this podcast. Everyone yeah. that listens, you need to tweet the Viper. Tweet Francis the Viper. Higgins, he's on Twitter. We want him to join us for an episode of the Severe yeah. MMA Sessions. It would be a dream come true. No, sorry, not the Severe MMA Sessions. The Severe MMA Podcast. Yeah. Um, we, we want him here. Absolute dream. By the way, Sean, in the most obviously, of course he did that moment of the day, Dana White says that Ben Henderson turned down an incentivized UFC contract for more money up front. That's what I said earlier on. Did you say that? Oh, did you read that title? No, but I said basically said the exact same thing earlier on. Because it was just published on MMA Fighting. It went up last night as well. It went up last night. Then what does David St. Martin do? Uh, He's the morning report. That's what I mean. I thought this was all. This is this is a morning story. Erish, what would he know? He supports Aston Villa. Does he? Oh, yeah. He's a jiu-jitsu prop about though, so he's a legend. Is he? Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to read, uh, read his thing here. According to Dana, right? Yeah. They made him an offer. <laughs> what? I, I just, <laughs> just saw a tweet from at Gaut, from Gaut McGregor. I bet McMahon would have tapped quicker than Sage did. <laughs> The truth oh, is, we made him... Sorry, let me just put on my shades to block out the haters. Uh, the truth is, we made him an offer that would, that would have paid him substantially more, like not even in the same ballpark that he's getting now. Like, absolute not a hope. Um, anyway, um, on that note, three customer care team. It was someone from work, Jim Shevlin. He listened to the podcast last week. Big fan now. He uh, decided to make the fake Twitter page and to give you all give me shit and give you shit as well. Yeah, so there we go. I, I confronted but, him over it in work. Just before we get to the 
the questions. Uh, there's really nothing else in that fucking card at the weekend. Ryan Nelson, Rashall's rubbish. I think Rashall will probably take him down a win. Both of these but guys are definitely maybe in the mix for a top title shot if they win at the weekend. And win four Heavyweights more. collide. <laughs> OSP Big hitter Roy Nelson faces. Horrible. Go on, sorry. My favorite fight in this card is Ray Borg against uh, Justin Scoggins. I think that's a very, very good fight. I love a bit of the Taz Mexican devil Ray Borg. Best nickname in fucking MMA. Joseph Benavidez against Zach Makovsky as well. And that's Ooh, about it. Joseph oh, Benavidez at uh, Jackson Wilkin, John. John uh, Jackson Wilkin. Uh, Jackson Winkle, John. No, Joseph, he's not. He's, is he he's not? A, are you sure? Team elevation with, with Wayne Bang. Are you sure? I think Jackson I think he did a part of his camp at Jackson's. I did, yeah, but uh, uh, recently he's been at Team Elevation with Bang and all them boys. Oh, the star. Olympus has fallen. Uriah Faber needs that title shot and then he needs to retire. Laugh at the amount of money he's made. Imagine Uriah looking at that Instagram post of him swanning around with Dwayne. Fuck's sake. Poor old Uriah. Someone give that man a hug. Okay, question time. Let's do this, Andrew. Do you have the questions ready? Um, I have the Twitter page open. I was just reading a thing there about the Northern Irish Open on Saturday. They haven't given any sort of schedule. Like, I don't care because Belfast is an hour away, but some people are travelling up from, like, Cork. So bastards. Anyway, Johnny Byrne at MMA Takeover. I give you the insight into Rothwell's 10-finger guillotine. There we, have, uh, we have gone over a lot of these questions already, but first one anyway from Will Martin been quiet for the last couple of weeks will we were worried about you you know we didn't know what had happened to you one of the best friends of the podcast some of the greatest uh, some of the greats of the sport have come back from an early defeat in their career do you think sage northcutt can do the same absolutely his next fight he will look brilliant sean i I think it's all it's all comes down to if he can go and train a tristar jackson's or somewhere good if he doesn't he won't he needs training. He's clear deficiencies in his game. And if he doesn't sort them out, he'll go nowhere and he's going to lose again. He, you know, he, Being a super athlete can only take you so far. After the defeats of Sage, Paige Van Zandt and Ronda, are the UFC financial eggs in one very Irish basket? That's from DN Black 3, Derek O'Duv. I agree. Putting all of the stock on Ashling Daly is a big, big task from the <laughs> UFC. But I do think the moneymaker will work. It'll, no, I'm only joking. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to say that they're putting it in a very Irish basket, i.e. Conor McGregor, but this kind of alludes to what we were talking about earlier and a point that I've made a lot in the past. The Irish, like Conor McGregor in particular was so ready for coming into the UFC because of the, the European route that he took. Yeah. Guys get signed into the UFC a lot easier uh, from the States, at least in the previous years. And I think that Sage and Page, there are Irish incarnations of the two of them. But you won't hear them for another four years because it'll be four years before they're in the UFC. And by then, they're at big UFC level or compatible UFC level. Yeah. Right? Here, wrong? I, I, I 100% agree with you. I, the other day I compared uh, Conor McGregor's loss to Joseph Duffy to Sage's loss last night, right? It just happened to, on such a bigger yeah. platform. And he, Conor McGregor had to get back. John Cavanaugh has spoken about it, how like he had to discover jiu-jitsu, how he had to learn, and he'd come back, and he, you know, he had to get better. Here's Conor McGregor after he lost to Joseph Duffy, right? Hugh Brady, Mike Wood, Paddy Doherty, 
Arthur Sawinski, Sawinski, Aaron Jansen, Steve O'Keefe, Dave Phil, Ivan Bushinger. All those fights before he got to the UFC. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights before he got to the UFC. But Sage Narcot's in the UFC, and he's at the same stage Conor McGregor was at when he was getting choked out by Joseph Duffy in 2010. So, like, that's that's a lot of you know improvement he's going to have to do. It took Conor McGregor eight fights to get to the UFC. You know, if, if Sage wants to get to, and, and like, that was just to get to the UFC. That wasn't to be, become a champion. Exactly. So, you know, if Sage wants to get to a level where he's top 30, top 40 in the UFC, it's years of work. Years. And Years and a good fight, but I do uh, think the UFC have been doing that in terms of Sage Northcott's opponents. They have been putting him on a slow build. Yeah, they could have like they they could have not give him that one seventy fight and said no, we're going to give you something better at one fifty five in a couple of months time. Do you know what I mean? So they were on the right path, but unfortunately, just you know, being sick, you know, cost them that experience. Uh, Anyway, Stan Kavanagh, Stan Kai Cav. My question for this week, have the lads ever watched a UFC event with trousers around their ankles like legend Owen Colgan? Stealing Jeremy Bodder's gimmick. Mm, loving it. Uh, to answer your question, I don't know no, question, I have not. I've watched plenty of them in bed with no trousers on though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, picture, just picture that image. Huh? Cape May Irish, John Harker. How would you rate Rothwell's chances versus Verdum? As I said, None. that's a good one for <laughs> Verdum to... <laughs> announced himself as a credible heavyweight champion um, I don't know if you've seen this Sean thoughts yeah. on AJ Azagarm versus Metamorris AJ Azagarm oh, took that, over their, in, their Instagram account and then posted about how Halleck Gracie doesn't pay fighters and they're scumbags and stuff like that um, other promotions like Eddie Bravo Invitational and Polaris are getting like top guys over paying them well Eddie Bravo's next tournament has like a 50 grand prize money do you know what I mean that's serious cash for Jiu Jitsu like Eddie Bravo out of everyone in the jiu-jitsu scene, he is the only hope of getting submission grappling on some sort of television network in the no, States. Never happened. And it's just because of the style. It's just because of how exciting the rule set is, the money incentive. Guys get five grand for a submission in, t- in regular time at Eddie Bravo's tournaments. And also because at the early stages, they're hilariously mismatched like purple belts versus black belts because the draw isn't seeded. So it's just, it's beautiful. Anyway, also one more yeah. from him. If, Who's that? If Bam, John Harker, if Bama country yeah. captains are insane, any changes, it, which they are, and mm-hmm. f- do you know that I give boards that I eat shit quite a lot? Yeah. Legends on it. So many of them have come on criticizing that idea, saying it's ridiculous that they will not go to the event. Like, it's just, it's silly. And I ah, have to well, say, well, maybe not, not going to the event is a stretch, but yeah. they feel the same as us. So, shout out to the homies and boards that I eat. If they. Country captains are insane. Any changes or innovations you would like to see at live events? Maybe headsets for commentary. I think he means maybe crowd crowds being able to listen to headsets. You can buy them at UFCs, though, I think. Can you? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I think MMA is generally good enough. Just just keep the fights rolling. Keep disagree. What? You disagree? We need titantrons. Like big TV sets? No, like... WWE entrances. Oh, yeah. yeah like, oh, yeah. Dana White's fantasy of the toughest fighters in the world coming from underneath the arena. Do you know what I mean? No, fuck that. I want pyrotechnics. I know, I like that. No, no, no. I like, I want, I like the way the UFC do it, but like, smarter on Do you not think Anthony Johnson deserves to have come out for his heavyweight title fight to Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley's music with... <laughs> fucking... 
pyro shooting towards the stage. Bama kind of had that. They had flames, like, that was about Hell it. yeah, and they were fucking roasting. I was oh. sitting inside them, boiling, and my skin was peeling off me. But they had, like, the big screen, and they put, like, the flags. I thought Bama did actually well Call in that, Call me now. stupid, but I think all of that stuff is in the O2 arena anyway. Maybe, yeah. I've seen the, still, ki- the killers have used something similar. Best band of all time? Yes. Um, any other suggestions, apart from not putting shows on? I know. I like when we give Bama that shit. That was a Bama's joke. Uh, let me think. Come here. Have you got your press credential yet from Bama? I didn't apply for it. I'm not going. Oh, did you not? Wouldn't it no. be funny if I didn't get one? You'll, you'll surely get one, will you? Yeah, but like, uh, like fair enough. Criticism is criticism. They put on a yeah. great show. Well-matched pro fights. I uh, only fucking suck no, no. no. I'm saying this. I've said this all throughout. But we have given them some grief for some silly little things bit, that they've done. A little bit. How funny would it be if I didn't get it? Uh, oh, early. it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant because <laughs> I'd buy a ticket and every fighter would walk outside the venue to do an interview with me anyway. So we do it outside. We'll do it in front of the water, in front of the Liffey. You're a regular Josh Gross. That's what oh, you are. that's what I am. Josh Gross, speaking of blacklist and press, if the UFC deal goes to the sky, does this mean Gareth A. Davies will be off our televisions? That's from we Dan Snobbly. We can only hope. Disagree completely. Dan, Gareth is the goat. Sorry, I thought you were going to react to that. Yeah, that was my reaction. No, all right. <laughs> Me, I can't wait to see Gareth A. Davies again. Like Genuinely oh, one of my favourite human beings ever. <laughs> He could be on Sky though. They've had him on Sky before on boxing. They've interviewed him multiple oh, really? times on Sky. Yeah. Well then, um, here we go. Here's to the future of Gareth A. Davies. Uh, Ronan Duffy. Ronan won Duffy. If Wonderboy has his best night ever and Hendricks has his worst, what prick. round does Wonderboy get knocked Block out? Block that. Block that prick. Block him. <laughs> when Wonderboy inevitably wins the welterweight title and Connor jumps up to fight him, who will win? Keen O'Connell. There's only one twenty-one. Wonderboy. There we go. I was just throwing them two out in a row for uh, for you, Sean. Uh, Jamie McDermott Seven wants to know: Do you ever see Chael Sonnen fighting in the UFC again? Yes, hundred percent. Definitely, without a doubt. Uh, Tony Barracuda, Stephen Fitzpatrick, looking for a fight cage wires in April. What do you think? April depends. Yeah, um, depends who's fighting on it. Maybe. Yeah. Paddy Paddy Pimlet against Rezor. That'd be a good one to go to, wouldn't it? Although Rangers already fought in the Severe MA <laughs> podcast is brought to you exclusively in association with the Sean Sheehan Wet Dream Foundation of Paddy <laughs> Pimlet fighting Paul Redmond in Europe. Uh, it has to happen. <laughs> like, the last time I suggested the Reds would give out to me, so maybe uh, maybe I should stop the suggestion and he might give out to me again. Yeah, I don't But he, that, that was only because I wanted that 145 pounds and, and on chart notice, but this time I wanted full camps, 155 pounds. There you go. There you go. Uh, on a 1 to 10 scale, Sean, how upset will you be when Wonderboy gets laid on for the whole fight from CBT Diet Rich? No. It's not Diet Rich. Yeah, it is Diet Rich. What a last name, Chris Diet Rich. A Diet Rich, I think. No, Diet Rich. Rich, okay. That's what uh, I'm going with. I'd be disappointed because that'll make it a shit fight, so I've got 10. 10? Ten. <laughs> yeah. So the most upset possible? Yeah. Like mortified? Like. No, just disappointed. Oh, not upset, just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. The worst. Uh, AJK Dublin, Alan, friend of the podcast, when is the next KGB show on and are we going? There's probably one out, you know, there's one every weekend, just find a mountain and an old. You know, see a cage rolling down it, and there you go. Um, Daniel Bradley, 
with probably his stupidest question that he's ever given us. Enemy of the podcast. Enemy of the podcast. If Rothwell fought for Doom, do you think he would be able to sink in the go-go choke? No. That's like saying, if I met Selena Gomez, how quickly would I sleep with her? Like, that is... like that's immediately, no, like that is as far off <laughs> as well from like how quickly Ben, like never in a million years. Yeah. Um, Mick Duffy, 67. I'm not sure if serious, frymeme.jpg. Once Connor beats Dosanios, then beats Lawler at UFC 200, do you think we'll get Connor versus St. Pierre for Christmas? Sean, can I say one thing about Connor versus St. Pierre? Yeah. You remember the picture of them together? Yeah, similar size. Very similar in size, like. And I think that's just, was it Ariel said it or someone said it? That's the biggest fight you can make in the UFC. I don't know. It probably is, to be honest. In UFC super. history. Good. That could be a super fight. Good no. Down the line. Who knows? <coughs> um, Daniel Bradley has asked so many uh, questions here. I think he had one good one. He had one good one. He gives us a picture as well of these fights and some guys I'd never even heard of. Oh, he did actually. Who wins? Oh my God, there's so much, so many of them. Um, I will ask you, what other podcasts do you listen to, if any, both MMA related and not? Do you want to go first? What one do you listen to? You're not a big oh, podcast oh, Okay, and that's my answer, Sean. You don't listen to any podcast? No, I listen, I, listen. To, I listen to Cheap Seats with Jordan and Greg, uh-huh. and I would have listened every week when I was commuting but now um, I'm only on a bus once a week, so I just try to fit it in then. Uh, I listen to the Coleman of podcasts, who we robbed friends of the podcast from, who you remember, but Bin Fo- I was talking to Bin Fox during the week, and he, he gave us the okay. I think he allowed it. He gave us the blessing. Think, so, shout out. Uh, I listen... The MMA, well, the MMA isn't really a podcast, I suppose. I watch it on TV and YouTube and so. Uh, podcasts. Um, I listen to The Fighter and the Kid. I kind of... I'm kind of drawn into it. They're a bit stupid and stuff, but I kind of still like it. Uh, MMA podcasts, Parent Trap podcasts, good sometimes. Um, uh, I listen to Luke Thomas's uh, live chat just to just to just like so make you myself, can contradict to everything he says. Yeah, I can. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know not what not to think. I'm only joking, Luke. Um, that's about it. There you go, uh, Joe Rogan. Oh, I listen uh, to it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I sound bad there. I do listen to podcasts, but it's dependent on guests, topics, length, how much free time I have. It's not. There is no one podcast that I will listen to religiously every single week, week after week after week. If there is, if you think there is one that I need to listen to week after week after week, send us a suggestion. Send me a tweet at Severe MMA Pod and tag them in uh, the tweet as well, so we can find them. So I can compile them easy enough. Um, and Martin's on about doing a podcast as well. Is he? Yeah. Well, his videos are very good now, in fairness. Very good, yeah. So, I watched the uh, Wonder Boy one last night. It was very good. I haven't seen it yet. I will check it out after this podcast. Um, Fraser, winner of the Notorious six-part DVDs as well, just in case you skipped the opening 10 minutes because we usually talk shit. Uh, here's your question being asked. You also won the DVDs, by the way. Um, was Bader's sloppy single leg a clear sign that he wanted nothing to do at Rumble stand-up, or was it simply a mistimed shot? I think it was both. Both, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, can't blame it was a beautiful him. symbiote, like. You can't blame him for not wanting to take Rumble's big shots. Would you want to take Rumble's big shots? No. Say if you were if you're a Division One fucking wrestling champion, and you came up against the most dangerous striker in the world, what would you do? Think about it that way. Arm drag him. <laughs> Don't fight him. Fucking yeah, get injured. Leave. <laughs> Escape the cage. Is that not how you yeah. win those fights? No. Um, <laughs> Time out over the top. Rope. 
<laughs> Imagine that. Fuck this. Ryan Bader <laughs> didn't realise he was. He could have just grabbed the cage, grabbed the bottom rope. Johnson would have been stood up. He wouldn't have to take any more shots. Fight would have been kick, reset standing. Just kick him right in the balls. Mixed martial arts with wrestling rules as well would also be one of the greatest things ever. Imagine having someone in an armbar close to the bottom rope, but they got their foot on the rope so you had to let go of the armbar. Class. That is that is a genius That's idea. I'm gonna. That is actually we're not releasing this podcast. We're gonna no. keep that and have it on international waters as well. We fucking will give it on Colgan and old DM there. Tell him to use that in cage. That's beach. exactly what he wants. Yeah. Um, kill your idols six six six. What fucking username? I think that's what it is. He wants to know which, by the way, best username ever. I'm just not sure if I'll be able to read it out again on the podcast. Kill your idols six six six. Which Brilliant. submission will Wonderboy get caught in? Fuck you. And will he tap quicker than Sage? Gogo Plata and yes. Fuck. Johnny Hendricks on that Gogo Plata lifestyle. Um, How amazing would a CM Punk stage fight be from Era 247, Aaron Cullen? Yeah, fucking CM Punk would win that fight, Sage, just so bad. CM Punk. I take that back. Yeah, like that was a bit too much. Daniel Bradley's good question, I found it. Yes. Who would win these fights? Rashid Magomedev, whatever. Magomedov. Magomedov versus Joseph Duffy. Mursad uh, Bektic versus Duffy. Brian Ortega. Mursad Bektic beats everyone. He's the best. Stevie Ray versus Nick Hine. That's a great fight. I'd actually love to see oh, that yeah. fight. I think Stevie Ray probably. Yeah, I think, he'd, I think he would win. But Nick Hine is a beast as well. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, Randy Brown versus Alex Moreno. Morano? Moreno? Can't even remember Alex Moreno, but I. Randy Brown didn't impress me that much. He was on those, you know. He's one of these. Uh, as show uh, when he wasn't great. As Jamie Dominican said, didn't think he was a pre- impressive apart from his judo throw. Yeah, he's a good porn name as well. Randy Brown. Randy Brown. The UFC's Randy Brown is back in action this Saturday night after a stunning victory. Uh. That's about it. So the yeah. UFC are free to use that now for the rest of his fights. Uh, yeah. Wilson Race versus Louis Smolka. Yes. Oh, I like that fight. Hayes. That is a very I'm good a, fight. I'm a big believer in Wilson Hayes. You believe and, in the truth? Yeah. Believe Own Roddy's, all, own Roddy's yeah. nemesis. Great fight. I always, I always, I'm, I'm the opposite of a big believer in Louis Smolka as well because I, I always think he's going to lose and then he wins. Maybe that's because he fought Irish guys. Yeah, I'd pick Wilson Hayes. Um, Robert Mannion would like to know what are the qualifications required to become a friend of the podcast. Well, Robert, we've spoke about this before. Obviously, you don't qualify because you haven't been listening. Keep listening. Keep sending good questions. Keep making us laugh. Keep making us want to read out your questions and say, "Ha!" Huh, sound question from Robert Mannion, friend of the podcast. Yeah, there you go. And make memes as well. Make, we make like Photoshop. memes. Like oh my god Fabrizio oh, Verdum's What? The, hold on Let me find it Go on speak you Okay speak um, Harry English wants to know Have you Harry87Goo Have you watched Hunting Hitler with Tim Kennedy? Is it any good? Yeah I very haven't good. seen it Is it very I, good? I watched it all Yeah it's very very good It's very interesting Like you don't know how much of it's real Per se But I thought it was very interesting And I, I enjoyed it So I'd encourage people to watch it Um. Farrell Connolly I don't know if your name is Connolly Farrell No yeah Farrell Connolly uh, Michael Kazia 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 I can't I'm so stupid today I know Kiesa. I know him Kiesa Like I've seen him fight live Like this is ridiculous Michael Kiesa versus Benil Dairush 
What's Sean, I think I'm actually getting sick or something like that. I can't speak anymore. Benil Darius? Yeah. Is that fine? I said that it, fine? didn't I? Benil Darius. Yeah. yeah. Everything sounds wrong to me. Maybe I'm having a stroke. Uh, I reckon it will go under the radar. Well, no, I was put off because he spelt radar wrong. I reckon it will go under the radar, but should be <laughs> interesting contest. What do you think? Do you believe uh, in Benil? Yeah. I believe in Benil as well. Very, very good fight. Um... I think Benil is a bit more well-rounded. I think Kiesa's wrestling is very good, though. I think uh, Benil probably won that fight. Um, Paul Fogarty had a question about Sage. We spoke about it earlier on. Uh, Fogarty, 2-4-5. But Louis Van Gaal versus Mourinho. Who wins in the cage? Would Mourinho, Van Gaal possibly. have the reach advantage, but Mourinho's mental welfare? Mourinho I think Mourinho would. would win. He's such a scumbag. He'd do anything to win. Like. How dare you? And the man I was looking for, Aaron Craig... He made the beautiful El Chapo Photoshop of me and you. Ah, well then. Uh, Make us memes. ever. Legend. Brian McLaughlin, BMC Dublin, friend of the podcast, would like to know, do you reckon if UFC upped all the fighter payouts but cut the roster to 30 per division, would everyone be happy? I I think it'd be better, yeah. UFC needs less fighters and more money for the fighters that are there to make it more of a premium product. Like... UFC kind of I think they're going back that way as well because like, you saw them they've, they've really, uh, released a lot of fighters recently putting on less events this year than they had last year um, like I, I made a comparison before that you know Ferrari is a premium car product and you know they don't make car they don't make Fiat's they have you know Fiat separate you know but they're the same company but they're separate so to me you know to have yourself be a premium product you need to kind of keep it a premium product and i think they got away from that for a while but i think they're getting kind of back to it now but are they still obviously there's still a fights like cm punk and sage narcot and stuff we're not up to that level yet but yes those things happen well saying cm punk to the ufc level yet is a bit of a stretch sage has been a martial artist his whole life yeah but they're both not ufc level yet i think um, a few more things before I let you go, Sean. Go on. The Andrew McGann classic there. Uh, Gavin Harris says, maybe Bellator goes to BT Sport if UFC goes to Sky. I'd love to see that. Good thinking, but... Won't happen. Viacom have channels in the UK, don't they, I believe? Viva? Up your Viva. Yeah, I think they have, yeah. I think they have some sort of controlling ownership in channels. They're on, they're on Channel 5 or something, aren't they? Like two weeks after they happen. No, that you're thinking of Cage Warriors' momentous no, deal no, with Channel no, 4, no. Sean. You know the no. Game Changer. You know that one? Yeah, that one, yeah. yeah no, that one, um, yeah. Bellator are on Channel 5, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, no, Bellator and BT Sport would be good. I'm not going to lie yeah. about that. What happened? My mum just walked in there and gave me a... 200 milliliter bottle of Captain Morgan that she took out of the car now she, now she knows I don't drink but she probably yeah. I'll probably have to explain that uh, it was confiscated off someone at work the other night and my bar friend the guy who works in the bar with me he took it home but he left it there so I took it for him now if I had been pulled in the car last night with that in it there would have been some explaining to do would she give out to you if you were drinking though? drinking and driving or drinking in general just drinking in general I don't know I've often threatened to come home drunk do it. No, never. Do. It's the uh, best crack ever. I encourage everyone out there to drink heavily. <laughs> Jesus, Sean. I'm not taking that back. <laughs> you were waiting for me to free you. I, I give you the silence for you to say, no, I'm only joking. And you're like, no, I'm not taking it back. Brian Masterson, Masty1992. Unfortunately, I already know the answer to this question. Sean has beaten me in a fight. Yeah. At UFC Dublin. Um... Here we go. 
this is an excellent idea. And I think one that could be, I'm actually going to steal it and um, apply it to all fighters. Should the UFC allow, this is John, just John underscore JH15, best question of the week. Should the UFC allow Sage Northcutt, and I'm going to add in, and other young fighters, to fight on organisations that air on Fight Pass while building him up to the level for the UFC? Without the massive pressure of fighting in the UFC, let him learn his skills but promote his fights. If Cage Warriors were on Fight Pass, for instance, let him fight on it and promote him against good fighters. What a phenomenal idea. Yeah. Here is I've, how I've, you get the higher pay scale in the UFC. Give them that money fighting on those promotions. Good money when they get into the UFC. Mm-hmm. If you believe the rumours that are floating around, some people do think that there are promotions that are funded by the UFC or have money going into them from the UFC. Well, Venator Fighting Championships in Italy is the latest rumour mill that I've heard that about. Um, don't know if... There's, like, obviously the Sean, ones on Fight Pass already are getting here, paid money. By here we thing. go. Wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. Yeah. Heard a rumour through the grapevine. Mm. An Irish fighter was offered to fight Fabio Maldonado or Thiago Silva in Italy. I, I, I like heavyweight. Next question. I want- <laughs> uh, Gavin Sherlock. I guessing that one. And from a... F- from a fan's perspective, is, is it a what? good thing that Bellator MMA grows to become competitive with the UFC? Yes. Yeah. Or is it better as a fan to have all the best fighters under the one banner? It's better for a fan to have all the best fighters under one banner, yeah. But it's better for the fighters to have competition. Just picking out the last two or three here. We have a good one. Uh, one Keith, more. We're fucking going to be here all day. People, people. What time do you have to go? Well, no, we're still actually, uh, we're still shorter than last week's podcast somehow. Yeah, I don't know how we've managed to do that. Um, Tig, Tigy85 says, is Sage Northcutt the Derek Zoolander of MMA and was the reason he got submitted because he couldn't turn to the left? Even though I've never seen that film, I understand that that was funny. That is uh, that is outstanding. Um, friend of the podcast, Sean Graham Vard at Vard wants to know Wonderboy Thompson versus Conor McGregor at one seventy. How would you see it go? Someone already asked that earlier in the podcast. Did they? Wonderboy, Wonderboy, Wonderboy would win. win. Sorry. Well, then, really, the last uh, proper question we have is: yeah. Who would you book on the first Cage Warriors card back? And also, Bellator is coming to London in July. Who do you think, or do you think they would sell out the O2? That's from L Morgan ninety two. Let me just say, if KSW can get ten thousand people to come to an MMA event in London, then Bellator surely could as well. Um, so I'd be looking forward to seeing that. I don't know what they're going to do, but wouldn't mind seeing maybe uh, seeing them come to London anyway, selling out somewhere big. Um, Who do you yeah. book on the first Cage Warriors card back? I saw some cracking suggestions thrown around online in the last week. Um, someone, Peter Queeley against, um, what was that guy's name? Lou Long? Lewis I Long, someone, yes. Yeah, I saw someone saying that. Obviously, we know I want to see Paul Redman against... Um, uh, no, you don't. Paddy Bimblet. Have you yeah. mentioned that before? I think I've mentioned that. Once or uh, twice? What, what about... What about Carol Moore against Luke Barnett? I know Luke Barnett fights at uh, middleweight. middleweight. Maybe, maybe even um, Chris Fields against Luke Barnett. Oh, I think that's a fight that's been talked about for years, to be honest. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Um, yeah. Finally, Sean, Aidan Gilroy would like to know, if you could frame each, each, if we could frame each other for anything, what would it be? Making a murderer. 
I don't know. I, I want to frame you for for something that would like get you banned from all jujitsu gyms for the rest of your life. If I could frame you for anything. I'd rather do something like get you framed like that would ruin your public image. I wouldn't like to put you in jail, do you know what I mean? But I'd yeah. love to make it seem like you were wanking outside Oris and Uchtaron, like. <laughs> That'd enhance my public image of anything. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I would go for, like, do you know? But no, I'm not too you'd sure. Want, you'd, you'd want to get a picture of me in a jujitsu gym. That'd ruin my public image. No, 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 no. What's no. that prick doing? I, I definitely think the Oris and Uchtaron one is what I'd go for. Have you watched Making a Murderer yet? Nope. <laughs> you need to watch it. It's I started watching face. Breakout Kings again on um, on Netflix the other night. Yeah. Graham gave me some this other Making a Murderer thing, a documentary about a, a case, and it's fucking shit. Goes, oh, this this is way better than Making a Murderer. You have to watch. I watch it. Okay, this is just the worst thing I've ever watched. Why did you tell me about this? Woeful was it? Yeah. There you oh. go. Anyway, something that's not woeful. Sponsors of the podcast, www.beaniebasher.com. It is a very fun, addictive hand-eye coordination tool made for mixed martial artists and martial artists alike to improve their striking. I would, in, I would assume their hand-eye coordination as well, Sean, as there's yeah, a definitely. ball going straight to your face. And it is also very, very affordable at just £10. Um, a nice sponsor to this VMA podcast. We are very, very happy to have them on board. Sean and I are hopefully going to be trying them out very soon. They have uh, videos of how it works over on their website, www.beaniebasher.com, and you can order them there as well. I know we have a few people that train with us, that listen to us, uh, maybe head on over to the website, check them out, see if, uh, see if it would implement your training in any way, shape, or form. Sean, any crack? Fuck off. What are you at? What are you at today? My, my niece actually fell there at the weekend, and I think she might have broken her kneecap, so she's in hospital at the moment, so I might have to go in and see her. Aww. Yeah. Shout She's out roll, to Cara. Cara, yeah. Cara, there we go. Friend of the podcast. Um, well, it is a. Be- Let me just check the window. Yes, it is still a nice day in Dundalk. I'm going to go out and enjoy it. I may throw the shorts on. Do. Bring my Captain Morgan out to the garden, you know? Sip on the la- El Capitan. Here, will I down it? Will I down it for the laugh? Will I just down it on, on, like. Oh, it smells like shit. It, Imagine if I down that and we did ten extra minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Me drunk. I mean, class. Just take one good slug of it there. I'm not doing it. No. It'll do you good. It'll warm your heart. No. No. Flavor. No. If I want to warm my heart, I'm going to go make a cup of tea right after this podcast. Um, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you very much from the bottom of our cold dead hearts for all of the hilarious reviews. And um, we are going to keep a couple of them on file for maybe a surprise present that we can post out to you in the next couple of weeks or months. Uh, so some of the best ones have been noted, some very, very good ones. We appreciate it. You boosted us up the iTunes rankings. But of course, do not hesitate to keep doing it. Maybe you missed out on last week. Go leave us good reviews, five stars all the way, baby, or one star if you think Sean Sheehan is probably the worst person in the human race. Wouldn't blame you. Wouldn't blame you. Um, aside from that, keep in touch over the week. Send us tweets at Pod at SevereMMA, at Sean Sheehan, BA, at Pete Carroll, at Dave F19, whatever the fuck it is, and at Andrew McGann underscore. Um, share, tell a friend. We appreciate it all. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first week that Sean Sheehan will not be doing an a inspirational Stay. quote to finish us off. Stay. However, however, he has agreed to... Give us a lyric. Sean, take it away. <laughs> uh, save some face. You know you've only got one. See you next week. <laughs>